Magandang araw, podmates. Howie Severino muli na nagpapaalala na nakakatalino ang mahabang attention span. For the past months, the world's attention has been focused on the war in Israel and Gaza and its impact on civilians. Including 136 Filipinos living there, 111 of whom have already been evacuated through Gaza's border with Egypt. On the front lines, handling this evacuation effort has been uh, the Philippine ambassador to Egypt, Ezidine Tago, a career diplomat and Arabic speaker. Magandang araw sa inyo, Mr. Ambassador. Thank you for your service and thank you for helping evacuate Filipino citizens from the war zone of Gaza. Uh, magandang araw, uh, Hawi. Salamat sa itong oportunidad para i-update mga Pilipino at uh, yung mga pamilya ng nasa Gaza uh, tungkol sa mga efforts ng gobyerno at saka sa mga kondisyon ngayon sa sa Gaza at uh, yung aming effort para ma-ilabas ma- ang mga Pilipino at pawiin sila sa Pilipinas. Sir, so you've actually already evacuated uh, the majority of Filipinos uh, from from Gaza. You're talking about Filipino citizens, no? Most of these uh, Filipino citizens in Gaza were were what? Did they have um, Palestinian uh, spouses? That's why they were there? Or are they OFWs? Tell us about um, uh, tell us about these people. The breakdown of Filipinos in Gaza is actually as follows: there were there was initially one OFW that uh, our embassy in Amman had known of, but then we later found out that there was an additional one who was there on a temporary visit. So Delawang OFW po. The rest are actually mga uh, first, second, third, and even third generation uh, Filipinos. At the beginning, mostly mar- women married to Palestinians. And uh, subsequently, they've had children and uh, grandchildren who have Philippine citizenship. So um, other than the two OFWs, lahat po yan actually mga pamilya. Uh, some of them worked there. Uh, yung sa pag-uusap ko sa mga ibang nakatawid, Uh, yung iba na meet nila yung mga asawa nila sa other country, uh, Cyprus, GCC, Gulf Cooperation Council countries, um, whether Dubai, Jordan, uh, Saudi Arabia, other countries around the world, at uh, they ended up uh, staying in Gaza. Kung 111 na yung uh, nakalabas, may 25 pang natitira ayon sa inyong bilang. No? So, so who, are, who are these 25? Are they choosing to stay there or is it just Just be, it's just difficult to get them out. Uh, our embassy in Amman is the one that actually has consular jurisdiction over them. And uh, they're the ones who contact them. And almost daily, since this, uh, this conflict started, they try to contact everyone on their lists. And um, uh, from the beginning, there was already a group of people who were either undecided pusila, or uh, Sabi nila hindi sila aalis for various reasons. Uh, and they want to stay with their family, their spouse who's Palestinian, or they just um, what, feel that doon uh, talaga sila sa, sa uh, Gaza. Uh, the number changed over the past few months uh, from uh, going up and down. Pero at the end of the day, wala sa kanilang nagko-contact sa aming imbahada. sa Amman para humingi ng tulong or magsabi na they are going to move towards the border. So, ang Philippine Embassy pala sa Amman, Jordan, yung may jurisdiction sa 
sa Gaza that's why they're handling the you know, consular requirements of Filipino citizens there no kayo nasa Cairo you're the Philippine ambassador to to Egypt and then you're involved because uh, these Filipinos are exiting Gaza through what is called the Rafah crossing into Egypt so i guess there's a lot of communication between you know the, the embassies in in Jordan with uh with your embassy uh in Cairo but um my question is uh what is the role of the philippine embassy in uh, in tel aviv uh when it comes to this matter um actually they have a major role as well um based on a 2005 uh, agreement uh, between Palestine, Israel, and also involving Egypt. This has to do with the access and movement of people uh, in and out of uh, uh, the territories, uh, Gaza uh, and also uh, uh, the West Bank. Based on this agreement, there has to be coordination uh, on the entry and exit of both people and goods. Uh, there is a process of inspection and, and security clearance. And so in this uh, uh, actual conflict right now, all those who uh, exit Gaza, the list has to be provided also to uh, the uh, Israeli side, which also uh, uh, looks and uh, gives approval for it. Right before November 1, there was no mechanism yet uh, agreed upon between all, all parties on what to do during this conflict for the exit of dual citizens, uh, people and injured Palestinians. But what happened is that with the facilitation of uh, uh, Egypt uh, and uh, Qatar and the US, uh, mm. there was an agreement reached that for the exit of dual citizens, injured Palestinians and third country nationals like Filipinos and, and, and so on. And um, uh, now the information is that there are about 7,000 of these and the, uh, the process would be that names would be submitted to the Israel side at, and to the Egypt side. And uh, there has to be mutual agreement on these lists of people leaving out of the uh, of Gaza Strip. Um, these are pre-approved and these are the lists that are coming out every day of who can leave. And speaking of which, you know, uh, the ones uh, evacuated were just... Filipino nationals, but uh, as you mentioned, some of them uh, have Palestinian spouses. So were the Palestinian spouses allowed to go with their Filipino spouses? Or were they left behind mostly? Yes, the, actually they were allowed. Uh, uh, a, a total of uh, uh, 16 were in the approval list. Others were also added. Uh, there are some that weren't on the list, but uh, there were list uh, they were approved at the border. Uh, I don't have the total uh, list of the Palestinians that have been uh, 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 helped. We have them at the border, then they reach Cairo, and then from Cairo we arrange with the IOM for them to shoulder or to uh, fund their tickets to the Philippines. So there's a, at least a good. Um, 20, 25 uh, Palestinian spouses who uh, were able to join these 109 that the government, the Philippine government, had shouldered to go home to the Philippines. I understand that this is uh, a, this was has been a very delicate process. You're doing this during a war, no? Uh, so, what were the more challenging issues encountered by uh, the Philippine embassy in Cairo during this this effort to repatriate? 
Filipino nationals uh, and their uh, Palestinian spouses from Gaza uh, to Egypt through the Rafah border crossing. Well, I will talk first perhaps about our role as uh, as a country that's receiving or an embassy that's receiving and talk about those challenges. But there are also usually uh, general uh, challenges that are related to uh, any crisis in my experience. And I see it also here. I think the first, for us here, uh, there is the distance and the uh, logistical requirements to be able to reach the border. Uh, the border is about 400 uh, kilometers and at least 20 uh, or so checkpoints along the way. Um, every day we are required to submit uh, a request to be able to go there uh, or to at least renew on a daily basis our approvals. Uh, so I just want to stress that it's not as easy as the Filipino national getting to the border and we are expected to be there uh, all of a sudden so there, it takes a lot of coordination for them, for us to know when people will be at the border. At kailangan din mag-submit sa mga authorities dito na mga request para sa makarating kami dun. One, to, to be able to cross the Suez Canal. Uh, usually there's tunnel or ferry boat. But uh, also who's going to be there. At sa daan naman, uh, ilan... Uh, a checkpoint yun. Kaya yung unang araw po nung pumunta ako, umalis ako dito ng, sa Cairo ng alas 5, nakarating po ako doon ng uh, alas 3 ng hapon. Uh, for, so for a 10-hour trip or uh, 350 uh, kilometers is actually quite long. Every time we do that, ganun ang biyahe. I think uh, also yung, yung, uh, isa pang logistical thing is people because we are a small embassy. We're not very big and to be able to send uh, three or four or five people every there uh, that also uh, limits our, uh, our resources here in Cairo. There's a lot of news about how uh, you know, the, the Israeli uh, Defense Force has uh, been shutting down communications no i mean the internet connections um uh telecommunications uh so how have you been able to communicate with the filipinos who want to leave that's a very good question howie because the lists uh come out um usually late in the evening and uh and people are expected or are 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 supposed to be at the border the following morning and uh, what happens, I think, is our Amman embassy tries to contact them uh, or uh, receives their calls uh, the night before or in, in the morning itself of when they're supposed to be there. I understand that many of them are not too far away from the border. So once they get the go signal, our embassy in Amman calls them, tries to call them. When you're right, you're absolutely right. There is a possible connection, for, uh, phone connection or internet. Uh, available there. Uh, so they contact them and if they're able to proceed to the border, then we are there to to receive them. Um, but on days where there are no phone phone lines and no mobile working or internet, then it's really us waiting till the next day. Well, I read that you have uh, personnel, embassy personnel uh, at the border or near the border, uh, partly to help process travel documents of 
uh, people who are fleeing uh, Gaza. Um, how are they able to prove that they are Filipino uh, if they don't have travel documents? A good majority have travel uh, or valid passports or uh, expired ones. So those can, are always a good basis to uh, issue a travel document without requiring additional uh, proof of identity. Uh, yung iba naman, um, ang nagpapasalamat kami at our embassy in Amman had already processed kung sino may kailangan ng travel document, sino may expired na dokumento. So bago pa nakarating sila sa border, we looked at the documents and, and already issued the travel documents before getting there uh, and uh, just handed them over when they reached there. We also extended help to Palestinians without a valid document and just a Palestinian ID and issued them a travel document and, uh, and placed there that they're Palestinian. Travel documents are not a proof of citizenship. They're just for the purpose of that travel. So they, they would need to, uh, down the line, uh, apply for a passport from their embassy. So these Palestinians that you're referring to, you mean they, these are the Palestinian spouses of Filipinos? That's why uh, you were also handling their uh, exit? True. And part of the process also is that we facilitate. Uh, we not only issue uh, documents and give them out at the border, but we also facilitate with the border authorities uh, the whole process. We have to uh, submit their names and verify the identities of some who may be uh, questioned by the border authorities. Like you said, um, if it's just a travel document, the, the immigration authorities and uh, the other authorities there, because they're different. There's also, I think, intelligence and so on. Chinicheck po nila. At nandudun kami para i-verify kung sino yung mga nandudun. Lahat naman ng first generation Filipino, marunong mag-Pilipino or Tagalog, uh, yung iba regularly din umuwi sa Pilipinas, yung iba uh, few years, pero it's easy to to uh, actually spot them and talk to them immediately once we get to the border. So these evacuations have, have actually occurred just in the last uh, two weeks, no? This, but this war has been going on since the first week of October. Um. What were the most critical moments during this time? Could you provide an idea or description of how the Philippine Embassy in Cairo uh, negotiated this uh, and coordinated with our hosts, our embassies in Tel Aviv and Amman, Jordan, as well as as well as uh, with the DFA? The most difficult thing is really the uncertainty of everything. Uh, as you had said, this started in October seven. And for the first two weeks, there was, there was no clarity on how, if, and when people will be able to go out, what the process was. We could just look back and, uh, and uh, try to imagine uh, our previous uh, experiences uh, with evacuation and see what requirements could be and try to prepare accordingly. Here in Egypt, we also evacuated in April and ongoing until now, our nationals were coming out of Sudan. And uh, and so we tried to see what the process would be like. But of course, the, uh, then it was just going to the border and waiting for our nationals and arranging their transportation from wherever to the Sudanese border. But in this instance, for I think the most stressful and challenging really 
is uh, knowing for certain how and uh, when people would be allowed to uh, exit. Uh, and uh, after that, when it, there was uh, a process that was announced, I think on October 30th or 31st, uh, we, uh, we, the, the next step would be when would be our turn, really. So about every day, 500 to 600 nat foreign nationals are on a list of those who can leave. Uh, and uh, mm. uh, for a few day, for a first few days, really, it was just uh, trying to see when we we would be on, how many would be uh, on that list, and uh, uh, our capacity to contact them immediately so that they can be at the border the following day. Were there instances or points where you you were personally worried and afraid that the Filipinos in Gaza might not be able to leave? And would be there when, you know, when the, this, this, the world, the full scale of war uh, started. Uh, absolutely yes. Uh, I mean, no one is immune from any, uh, as the term they're using now is is collateral damage. Um, there are about eleven thousand people who have been already uh, or killed in Gaza now, uh, and so there is no way really to. Uh, to inform them in advance where that these strikes could be and so on. So uh, they say that they're able to to manage. Uh, thank, uh, thankfully, we don't have any information of any Filipinos up to this time that are uh, uh, injured or that have been injured or or uh, uh, victim of any of these strikes. But yes, that's always a fear there. So when the evacuations began, as you, as you mentioned, there was some uncertainty and then there was an announcement that people would be allowed to exit uh, through the, the Rafa crossing. Uh, when did, when the, the evacuation started, what was it like? Was it, was it well organized? Was it like, uh, was it a bit chaotic? Well, our first, uh, uh, first group was on the 7th of November. Uh, so we did uh, receive notice on the 6th. Uh, and we proceeded there early morning and reached there in the afternoon. The land border uh, of Rafah crossing re does receive people throughout the years, and, and it is the eg only exit between Egypt and uh, Gaza. Ga the, for Gaza, there are, I, as I understand it, six exits. Uh, most of them, uh, the five are uh, towards Israel, there's only one towards Egypt. We reached there at three o'clock. And to be absolutely honest, uh, it was the one of the shortest because we finished at 10 in the evening. Uh, over the past week or so, or the four batches, it has really depended on how the, the numbers of the people and how many are processed easily. And uh, if there were questions on the identities of some, my colleague had to stay till five in the morning for, for for one of them, my my uh, vice consul who was left there for one of the batches. So, siguro from hapon hanggang alas ng umaga. How important is the Rafah crossing? It's very important. Uh, the the Rafah crossing is very important because of uh, one, the entry of humanitarian aid. Uh, as you're as you may be aware, uh, one of the first things that were important to uh, Egypt and to other countries also is the end uh, is the entry of aid. Uh, at the beginning, there were uh, only about twenty trucks. I think uh, it has 
there's an agreement now for them to reach uh, up to 100. Uh, so food, water, uh, other so medicine is allowed so far, but not few. Uh, Rafah border also is where injured uh, Palestinians have been allowed to exit every day, anywhere from 20 to 50 exit and are uh, given medical attention here in Egypt. And right now it's the only exit for those who are coming out uh, from Gaza. It's not actually open every day. Uh, sometimes there are security issues uh, that, uh, uh, and so they announce that it's closed for the day. And uh, your people, any anyone, Filipinos and other nationals, could be at the other side uh, that is controlled by the Palestinian side or Hamas. And if there is a security issue, they may close. Uh, if uh, I don't, early on uh, there were at least three bombs that hit in the vicinity of the border. Uh, but uh, so it's it's really the only entry and uh, uh, exit uh, into Gaza at this point. Have there been any reports of uh, deaths of Filipinos or injuries? No, there have never been no uh, deaths of Filipinos in Gaza at, uh, so far. Uh, that's the information that we've received from our embassy in Jordan. At the beginning, there was uh, one slight injury, but uh, but then she's um, we understand she's absolutely okay. When they cross, mm -hmm. the uh, Egyptian Red Crescent is there. And they give them immediately some food. Uh, they look at them. And Egyptian uh, side has also set up a medical quarantine. I've seen, I've witnessed them giving uh, uh, shots to children, checking if they've taken shots, and they give them on the spot. The Egyptian Red Crescent uh, has been uh, great, uh, both at the Egypt-Sudan border and also at the border with with Rafah. Uh, they're available there. The foreign ministry also informed us that there are at least three um, frontline hospitals that are close to Rafah that are open to anyone who may face or need immediate medical attention. But thankfully, um, Howie, uh, I can say that when we get there, we've always seen that they're okay. Uh, there are uh, two cases, at least, that we've had to deal with later on when they've reached to Cairo. One was nine months almost uh, about to deliver and she's and uh, when she reached here in Cairo we couldn't get her on a flight because she was uh, already due uh, and uh, there was another case of a Palestinian spouse uh, that needed uh, a medical uh, escort to be able to go to the Philippines and that was provided by IOM who uh, uh, provided also immediate medical assessment for everyone arriving in Cairo. Sir, just, just for the information of our listeners, the IOM stands for International Organization, Organization for, for Migration. Migration. Right. Sir, you, you mentioned uh, Palestinian spouses. No? Most of the Palestinian spouses of Filipinos in Gaza uh, were able to leave uh, through the Rafah border crossing to Egypt uh, after being granted security clearance. No, Who actually gives the clearance, number one? And number two, not all of the I understand, no. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand that not all the Palestinian spouses of Filipinos were given security clearance. Um, well, why weren't they given security clearance? What could have gone wrong? For uh, clearances for Palestinians exiting, and actually anyone exiting the Gaza Strip that is done uh, uh, or they are cleared by 
all sides, that being Israel, okay. Palestine, and also Egypt. But how can we be sure that uh, someone in Gaza is just posing as a spouse of a Filipino national and is actually, let's say, theoretically or hypothetically a member of Hamas and wants to, you know, escape whatever is going to happen in Gaza and, you know, uh, and ends up in the Philippines because Yunya uh, was able to successfully pose as a spouse. I mean, any safeguards not in, sir, to, to make sure that uh, secure naman ang Pilipinas no? uh, from that happening. Well, actually, we've sent the list um, to the DFA for the for any restricted national and restricted Palestinians uh, require a clearance from NICA uh, to be able to be granted visas. That's that's first. Second, um, from what I've seen, immediately all the Palestinians coming, the spouses are actually they have Filipino children, uh, even grandchildren. And so they've lo lo looks like they've had long relations, established relations with the spouses. I think uh, two or three even had uh, blogs and uh, a young couple there. Uh, one had been talking about hindi siya aalis raw kung hindi aalis sasama yung asawa niya. Yung asawa niya marunong nag-aral, I think, sa Pilipinas at marunong mag-Tagalog. And uh, on the question of uh, why some would not get clearance, to be absolutely honest, I uh, I'm not uh, I, I'm not privy to what the criteria of each country would be. But uh, like you mentioned, some may have affiliations to certain groups, uh, may have done something uh, that are not uh, uh, that are not appropriate, and therefore would get them on any list. Uh, so uh, so. These those involved, whether Israel uh, and Egypt, um, have their own also process, security clearing process, and uh, because they required the names long ago, uh, these names had gone through their own vetting process. Okay, sir. Uh, earlier you mentioned that there were two doctors uh, who were evacuated uh, through other means. No, yung. Uh, they were doctors with the MSF. I just it, that's uh, the Medicine Sans Frontier, right? It's a it's a um, kind of a medical volunteer group that works in a lot of uh, developing countries. No? so these are Filipino citizens, but they were also connected with this international uh, group. No, so what kind of work were they doing? These these Filipino doctors in Gaza. They they were able to leave uh, Gaza the first day on November first. Uh, together with uh, several other NGOs and UN uh, uh, personnel. And our embassy in Amman asked uh, if, because uh, all those were lumped together, did not say they were Filipino, just said international, international. So had we known, we had also had uh, gone to the border to help out. But our embassy in Amman uh, contacted them and asked if they needed any assistance from us. And they said they're fine, they're okay. And MSF would take them to, I think, Brussels or Italy, where their headquarters and their other next assignments would be. But they're probably, they were probably doing a lot of uh, volunteer work um, in, in hospitals there. Uh, you know, Gaza is one of the most densely populated uh, areas in the world. There are like 2.7 million in what is 300 square meet, uh, mile, uh, kilometers, 
Uh, and uh, I understand now that uh, uh, not, of course, there's a great need for healthcare, and they're probably out there in in Gaza helping out. And you mentioned that there are about 25 Filipino nationals left in Gaza. Uh, and I guess that's not including um, if their Palestinian spouses and and children born born in Gaza. Is there any kind of service we can our government can extend to them? I think um, actually, Howie, that's one thing that uh, er, earlier when you asked about challenges that I didn't mention. I, I mentioned that it, in general, uh, my experience is that there are always a group of of Filipinos who hold out who say that they don't want to leave or that uh, they're, they're, them living in a certain place is really uh, all they have uh, and they consider really their last choice. In If I go off, ta- if I can go off tangent a little bit, in Sudan, we had that, we still have 120 people there, although we've uh, evacuated over 185. But up to now, they, we have another 15 who are asking to leave, uh, six, uh, after uh, in in Gaza, our embassy in Amman in Jordan continued to call them all the time up until yesterday or the day before to try to stress and try to convince. Actually, uh, that's the word there. The, the, our embassy is using is try to convince them to leave because this is not a very short term thing. This is this can go on for a while, and as we see, uh, the places are running out of water, electricity, food. Uh, and uh, uh, any services. And um, I'm not going to say that definitely the Philippine government cannot ensure or guarantee or even even help ensure that they are in a safe space because this is a theater of conflict. Uh, so there is no one, there is no guarantee that we can tell anyone to please exclude this area, there are Filipinos there. Uh, so I continue to call on them to to, to consider leaving uh, the and crossing while it's still possible. It's not going to be any easier for the next two weeks or even for the next month. Uh, I think they 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 should decide now, and we're ready. We are ready to be there and to go there and and help out. Uh, in fact, I think the Philippine government has uh, has uh, granted financial assistance to each family. Uh, knowing that many of them will be uh, uprooted in the Philippines. So so there's a amount that we give once they cross and before they leave. At this point, I just want to interject. Uh, the reason why you've been mentioning uh, the situation in Sudan is because you are your jurisdiction covers Sudan as, as a non-resident uh, Philippine ambassador. Uh, uh, you're, you're a resident in, in Egypt, but your, your responsibility covers Sudan. I just want to mention that to our listeners behind you. They, they might be wondering why, and and Sudan is also has also been uh, having uh, uh, various crises, and that's why uh, people also have been uh, wanting to leave. No, but uh, Mr. Ambassador, you you mentioned that the Philippine government uh, provides some financial assistance. I guess that would help um, encourage uh, Filipino citizens to evacuate because I'm sure some of them would wonder, I mean, right? I mean, uh, their home is in Gaza, their families are there, they might even have jobs there. So, uh, and then, but you mentioned also the IOM, the International Organization of Migration. So for for those remaining, they can count on possibly two sources of uh, financial assistance. Um, 
the Philippine government and the IOM, tama ba yon? Uh, so you know, in other words, if they leave Gaza, I mean, you know, there there will there will be some um, they will be getting some kind of support for this transition. Well, the Philippine government, yes, we have uh, granted support. We've given it to them before they leave. Uh, I also understand that upon their arrival, uh, some of them have asked for, uh, I guess, somewhere to stay because uh, it's going to be difficult for them. Some don't have family anymore, or it's it's they're they're going home as a big family. So uh, we've referred the matter to the uh, SWD also. Naikita kong tumatanggap din sa kanila sa airport yung mga ibang ahensya na willing din tumulong. I'm not sure what yeah. exactly will be granted by them, but uh, there are. Yeah, interesting, no? Kasi sabi nyo, uh, you know, there, there are Filipino uh, nationals in Gaza who have been there for a long time, no? Tumanda na doon. And sabi nyo, uh, earlier, uh, I mean, in, in the among the evacuees are even third generation Filipinos who were uh, born and raised in Gaza and are still Filipino nationals. I mean, some some of our listeners may not understand no, the rules of citizenship here. Because if you're third generation, let's say Filipino born in you know, Italy or ano, parang, can you still be a Filipino? Are you still considered automatically a Filipino? I know that Filipinos born in the U.S. have to apply for dual citizenship or Filipino citizenship. But in, in Gaza, is it, what are the rules for citizenship there? I mean, you can be third generation Filipino and still automatically have Filipino citizenship or is this something that they had to apply for or their parents had to apply for for them? Actually, uh, as long as the parents apply for a Philippine passport or citizenship for their for their children, when they, so you, for example, yung, yung isang Pilipina, nag-asawa ng Palestinian, then she had mm -hmm. children. Basta uh, inapplyan niya ng mga passport, uh, Philippine passport to mga anak niya. At, at the same time when she did so, she still holds Philippine passport, then entitled naman yung mga bata. And uh, ang nangyari is that uh, sa, sa Gaza, uh, yung, yung, yung mga anak na ito, lumaki na, naging 20-year-old, may mga nag-asawa din ng either Palestinian or ibang Pilipino, tapos may mga bata din. Kaya marami sa mga umuwi, yung mga repatriates, uh, mga bata. Uh, I don't have the stats uh, in front yeah. of me, pero maraming minor and all of them are entitled to Philippine passport. passport. Basta yung magulang nila uh, were holding Philippine citizenship nung nanganak yung mga bata. Paki-clarify lang, uh, Mr. Ambassador, no? Kasi if, if, you were, if you were born in Gaza, uh, because, of course, we know that Gaza is not a country um, and neither is Palestine. I mean, that's part of this big uh, conflict, no? Some, you know, Palestinians want their own country, their own state, no? Pero sa ngayon, wala. So if you were born, if you're a Filipino, you have Filipino parents or you have a Philippine, one Filipino parent and you're born in Gaza, what citizen are you? You're entitled to Philippine citizenship. And there okay. is a Palestinian passport as well. So some of them actually are dual. So yung mga, mga ilan bata doon, may, may Palestinian passport, tapos binigyan din naman namin ng, Filipi ng Philippine passport, or kung wala, then Philippine travel document para hindi sila mag-apply ng visa. Kung minor lang bata, then we, we uh, issue that travel document because they're entitled to a Philippine citizenship. Okay, uh, sir, 
you know, this this crisis is still far from over. You've evacuated the majority of Filipinos, but I'm sure um, uh, you're still monitoring it. There there are still uh, over two dozen Filipinos there, and and uh, you know they have spouses, they have children, they've got um, you know uh, we don't know their situation now. Uh, and you've been in Egypt since 2021, Tamaba, and I'm sure you've been keeping track of uh, the uh, situation there. It befuddles, you know, even experts. No, but I'm wondering what your what your view is uh, with your long um, service in the Middle East. I know you've also been uh, you've been previous you've been a previous ambassador to other uh, Middle East countries. What what is your view of of what is going on, and and how do you think all this will end? What's what's the what's the long game here? What's what do you think will happen? Well, in the past. Um... I think I think we we always uh, get into this this thing that oh, this has happened before. So so many times, almost every year, every two years, something happens between Israel and and Gaza or West Bank. So we sort of get used to the idea that But maybe because October seven was of, of uh, larger scale and intensity and intensity, then that's why this is not ending so quickly as the others. Uh, I think Egypt even helped mediate the last time. And after two weeks, the the uh, the conflict was over. And maybe this is why a lot of the some Filipinos are still hoping that there will be a ceasefire soon and they can they can stay there. Uh, some even of those who came out asked Gaza. But like you said, uh, at this point, honestly, I don't know what the end uh, game is because I think it's the Israeli side that we need to to ask what what uh, they want from this. The international community is all pushing for a ceasefire and for for a return to talks, uh, which I think also is is an important way forward uh, because this will not end uh, um, very soon unless. There is political discussions and negotiations for a more permanent uh, solution of the whole question of Palestinians. And as you mentioned, the the state that they they are supposed to get. Sir, were you able to speak with any of the Filipinos who have exited uh, Gaza? I'm just wondering what what their experience was. We haven't been able to. Uh, uh, get in touch with them yet? No, we're trying um, to get these personal stories. But uh, we have you had access to any of them? Have you encountered or met them? Actually, I went to the crossing, the the first group, and I came back with them on the bus. And uh, every time uh, during mga panahon na nagantayan lang, either nagantay kami para sa mapapel nila, maproseso or na, na hinto kami sa isang checkpoint ng tatlong oras, nagkukwentuhan kami. I think yung iba, highly educated din, uh, like I said, na-meet nila yung asawa nila sa labas, uh, and then yung, yung point is that madalas nilang uh, sinasabi, oh, pang-apat na namin ito, pang-anim, every, yung ilan-ilan doon, second or third or fourth time na-evacuate. So after a while, nagiging desensitized na sila eh. Uh, but then, as uh, as mentioned, this is they said na ito yung pinaka intense at uh, talagang ang sad is that ma- lahat sa kanila sinabi yung bahay nila wala na wala na silang mababalikan 
uh, and that's what's really, I think, more difficult this time than than in earlier cases. Uh, normally, um, we 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 do meet uh, all of them at the hotel once they they arrive in Cairo, and I've also gone uh, to the airport, uh, and it it can be difficult to listen and to to hear from them because. We don't know what the future will hold for them. And I think that's what worries them more. If you look at them, they all, are, I would say they're all in a state of still shock. They have not been able to process this information. Most of these Filipinos are women, Tamaba. Uh, most, uh, except for Imam, second generation, halo halo. Pero yung mga original na 100% women talaga. Most of them have been repatriated to the Philippines na. They're not staying in Egypt waiting for, sabi nyo nga, some are still hoping for a ceasefire, makabalik. They're not waiting around in Egypt or another country there. They're, they've all been flown back to the Philippines? Yes, actually. Uh, 102 out of the 109 that had been organized by the embassy have gone home. Uh, that's the case because we are required to repatriate them. Their transit visa is only 72 hours. So uh, they're granted entry, and the guarantee is that will help, will will make sure that they leave within seventy-two hours. Well, I'm sure that's that's also not that easy for many of them if they've been living in Gaza for years and even generations. Sabi nyo nga, because their home is Gaza. So when they go home to the Philippines, uh, especially if they have children and grandchildren, that's not really their home. So who takes over for their welfare? DSWD pa or Kayo paren, DFA. Uh, I'm sure that that's another set of, that's another kind of transition. So they land in Manila, and then do 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 many of them have, actually have homes to go to? Prov still, they still have provinces. I'm sure they all have relatives, no? But you know, I mean, they, these relatives could be distant. Maybe they've never even met some of these people. <laughs> what is their situation like in in the Philippines? Ah, what have you heard? Well, some do or uh, ha have planned and will be going to the province. Yung mga ilan doon. Yung iba hanggang Manila lang talaga. That's why they uh, humingi sila ng tulong sa gobyerno na maghanap ng medyo mas long-term na accommodation. Kasi yung hotel and so on uh, can be expensive kahit binigyan namin ng konting tulong. You're right. Uh, I see that uh, the Commission on Filipinos Overseas as well as the DSWD uh, are involved uh, and uh, we we write to them before the arrival of the Filipinos. Uh, and uh, you're right, it's it's going to be difficult kasi like yung mga ibang bata, tinanong ko yung nanay, paano sasakay ng jeep yung anak mo? Uh, <laughs> very, uh, or even pumunta sa, sa, sa labas. Uh, Gaza may be very diff different from the Philippines, which is uh, overcrowded and chaotic and so on as well. Pero... Uh, these are certainly issues that somebody they they will need uh, help about uh, need for. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah, and as you said, uh, many of them said their homes are gone, so walarin silang mababalikan. And who wants to go back to Gaza now, diba? Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. There's this this war uh, appears far from over. We want to thank you uh, for what you're doing for uh, uh, fellow Filipinos and. Um, and especially uh, in recently in in this uh, crisis, no. So, thank you for your service, uh, Ambassador Philippine Ambassador to Egypt, Ezzedine 
Tago, mabuhay kayo at ang inyong uh, embassy staff, may you all stay safe. Maraming maraming salamat po. Salamat po. Salamat. Hi, I'm Howie Severino. Check out the Howie Severino podcast. New episodes will stream every Thursday. Listen for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms.